We are on Ksubis, Samachama Bay's 60B towards the bottom, about four lines down from the beginning of the wide lines by the two dots. As the Gemara continues with the discussion of what happens, different situations of, of a mother or of somebody, some woman who's nursing a baby, uh, what she could do, what she can't do. And the Gemara continues with that topic. Says the Gemara, it's taught If there's a situation where a woman signs a contract, essentially, to nurse somebody else's baby, she's a wet nurse. She's not allowed to take on two babies. She cannot take on her own child, which means that if she's taking on her own child, she cannot sign a contract with somebody else. She has to uh, give um, preference to her own child. And also, it can't be somebody else's child. She cannot nurse two babies at the same time. Now, it is interesting. The Rambam discusses also what happens in a case where a couple, they have twins. Uh, she has twin babies. So the, the, by the letter of the law, she really does not, she's not obligated to nurse both babies. Really, she just has to nurse one of them. And really, it's the father's responsibility to make sure that both babies have nourishment, that they have food. And so he would have to, let's say, for the other, for the other baby, if she doesn't want it. Again, these are all cases where she doesn't want it. She doesn't want to nurse both. He would have to actually hire a wet nurse uh, if there are twins. Okay, that is the first line. And we'll get back to that first line in a minute. Next line. We'll, we'll discuss each of these lines. If in the contract that she's signing, this is how Rashi understands it, in the contract that she's signing, that it wasn't, uh, she wouldn't receive that much uh, uh, food uh, in order to uh, produce milk, so then she has to make sure that she has enough food. It's on her. She signed the contract. It's on her. It's on this uh, woman to make sure that she has enough food so that there is enough of her milk supply. So she has to eat, she, so she would have to eat a lot. That is how Rashi understands it. Now it's important to note that the Rambam, Amanis, has a totally different understanding of this one line. He says it's not about this contract that she has with somebody else and therefore she has to make sure that she holds up to her deal. No, that's not what's going on here. According to the Rambam, fascinating idea. He says it's about a couple, a husband and a wife, where the husband says you're not allowed to eat so much. Why are you not allowed to eat so much? Because there was some concern some sign in, the, in, the, in those days. There's some concern that if she ate a lot of something, it would cause uh, it would impact her milk supply. It would either cause it to spoil. It would cause it... Uh, to dry up, and so uh, the, the husband doesn't want her to eat a lot, and she says, well, I'm in pain, uh, I, I want to eat, it's causing me uh, suffering, and so I'm going to eat, and the Ram says, therefore, she is allowed to eat a lot, seemingly, even though it's going to cause danger to the baby, but uh, the Ram's language is, Maimani's language is, is that her pain comes first, she has to deal with her pain first. Whatever happens to the baby, happens to the baby. What exactly is going on here in the Rambam? Maimani is a big discussion. We don't have to g- time to get into every detail. Uh, but some of the commentators do point, seem to point out that this would imply that any case where there's a life-threatening situation of somebody else, but it's going to cause me pain to help them out so that maybe I'm not obligated to really help them out. Is, is that really true? Is that not true? Is that what's coming out of the Rambam? You know, this would impact uh, various laws with regards to, let's say, kidney donations. Is there an obligation to donate a kidney? What if it causes me pain? I'm helping to the, the life of somebody else. Do I have an obligation? Is it uh, an option? Is it, uh, the, is it not allowed? Is it the right thing to do? So that is a, that is a huge, huge topic. Uh, it is important to note that uh, some of the commentators in the Rambam, they explain that it's impossible to say that the case here is where she's uh, in pain or she's trying to re- remove pain from herself. That's why she's eating more, even though it's going to cause danger, uh, a life-threatening situation to the baby. Some of the commentators say, no, we can't be talking about a case where it's actually a life-threatening situation to the baby. That cannot be the case. Um, because then if it's a life-threatening situation to the baby, then of course we wouldn't let her eat if it's really a life-threatening situation to the baby. 
What it really means is that it's going to impact your milk supply. Therefore, the baby will have to nurse from somebody else or from formula. Uh, but the father's alive and the father will deal with it. So we had uh, certain concerns that maybe she'll lose her milk supply. But those were all cases where the father is not in the picture, either, either because the father passed away or potentially, potentially, not clear, but potentially if they got divorced, then there's um, some concern that the father uh, won't provide, especially if she marries somebody else. So then maybe she'll be too embarrassed. Uh, anyway, that, that itself is a big discussion. That's not clear. But in our case uh, of the Rambam, they're married. Um, and uh, so uh, according to those who explain the Rambam this way, it's really not a case where it's causing danger to the baby. It just means that uh, the baby will have to nurse from somebody else. Okay, but the classic understanding is like Rashi. The classic understanding is that the case here is where she signs the contract with somebody and in the contract uh, she's only given a certain amount of food but she really needs more in order to have sufficient milk um, for the baby and therefore she, it's, on her, it's on her. She has an obligation to eat more. Continues the b'risa. She also shouldn't eat things that are bad that will spoil her milk. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But the guard goes back to the first case. She signs this contract. She cannot sign this contract if she has her own baby. She cannot nurse two babies. She can't sign a contract like that. Or if it's somebody else. She has somebody else's baby that she's nursing. She cannot sign a contract with somebody else either. Uh, she cannot nurse two babies. So the Gemara says, I understand. I don't understand. If with regards to her own child, we say that uh, she cannot nurse her own child and somebody else, so then all the more so, isn't it obvious that she cannot nurse two random babies? That should be something which is obvious. Why is, uh, why is uh, the Bryce telling us about both cases? So the Gemara says, no. The concern is, is that one might have thought that with regards to their own, her own child, maybe she'll give her own child more milk uh, than necessary, and therefore it will cause harm to this other child, this other baby that she's nursing. Uh, but that maybe that only applies to her own baby. She has her own baby, so then she cannot be hired for another baby. But if it's two random babies, it's, they're not related to her, so then maybe there is no such concern and that she'll nurse them equally the same amount, and therefore there is no concern. It says the Gemara, no, there is still a concern. In the end of the day, the concern is that at any time she's nursing two babies, she should not enter into such a contract and such a deal because we're concerned that uh, it will be too much and she will lose her milk supply and one of the babies will... Uh, not get sufficient nutrients. Okay, comes the Gemara and continues and says, In the next the next case, what happens if, according to Rashi, she signs this contract, but it's not sufficient. What she's given to eat is not enough. She has to eat more. So she has to eat more. Mehecha asks the Gemara, who pays for this? Who pays for this? That the fact that she has to eat more. She signed this contract with this, with this other family. Amar of Shesha's Mishalah. Shesha says, it's from her own. She has to pay for it. She signed this contract. She knew what she was getting herself into. So therefore, she has to pay for this on, from her owner. Her husband has to pay for this, potentially. Uh, but she has, she has to pay for this. The last case of the Brayasa was Los Ochelim, that uh, they cannot eat, she cannot eat things that are going to spoil the milk. will make things worse. So Mayanin, who asks the Gemara, what, what are cases, what are foods that will spoil the milk or cause her milk supply to dry up? What are the cases they're referring to here? Now, it's important to note before we read the Gemara that according to the Rambam, this is a big discussion also, but according to the Ramaimanis, this is based on the science of their times. It could be that uh, things changed or uh, with regards to the science, they were incorrect with regards to the science. So it applies at their times, it might not apply in our times. Amr of Kahana, what are the foods that 
cause a problem to the milk supply. Hops and young green grain sprouts, small fish and soil. Even pumpkin and quince. Pumpkin and unripe dates. Uh, even small uh, fried fish. Some of these cases, they cause the milk to dry up. Some of these cases, it causes the milk to spoil. Once we're on the topic, so the Gemara discusses different consequences to the mother's behavior that could affect her children, whether it's in the act of having sexual relations or it's what she's doing while she's pregnant. We'll come to different situations that, uh, that the Gemara says will impact her children. If she has, sex, if she has sexual relations uh, near a uh, near a mill, which has a lot of noise, so then it will cause her children to have be have be epileptic children. That's what the Gemara says. The misham shall if they have sexual relations on the ground, so then Then the children will have long necks, but you can't have sexual relations on the floor. The darcha al if. While she's pregnant, we now move on to cases of while she's pregnant. She steps on donkey's uh, dung or, or blood. Havala b'nei gerdani. She will have bald children. The achla chardala. If she eats mustard while she's pregnant, havale b'nei zalzale. She'll have gluttonous children. The achla tachle havale b'nei dolfane. If she eats garden cress, she'll have tearful children. Children who have tears in their eyes. The Achlamunine, if she eats fish brine while she's pregnant. Um, so then, Havala Bene Mitzitze Eina, she'll have children with blinking eyes. The Achla Gargushta, if she eats soil, Havala Bene Mukhurai, the children will be ugly. The Shasta Shikhra, if she drinks liquor or beer, Havala Bene Ukame, she will have black children. The Achla Bistra, or dark colored children, Vishasta Chamra, if she eats meat and drinks wine while she's pregnant. So then, Havala Bene Barye, the children will be healthy. The Achla Be'e, moving on to Samachal of Amanal of 61a, Havla B'nei Enone, if she eats fish, she will have graceful children, the Achla Kivare, she eats celery, Havla B'nei Chinane, she'll have beautiful children, the Achla Karpisa, Havla B'nei Zivsane, if she eats coriander, she'll have corpulent children, and the Achla Esroga, if she has Esrogim, Havla B'nei Rechane, she will have sweet smelling children, and we have the following story now. The daughter of the king Shapur of Persia, her mother, her mother ate esrogim while she was pregnant. And they used to place her in front of her father, um, on top of all the spices that she would be placed in front of everybody because she was she smelled, um, she had that great smell, that great uh, sweet smell. Okay. The Gemara now continues with a new topic for a few lines with a new topic, and this topic is something that we've actually seen in the past, but essentially the question is, what happens if a couple gets married and they have different customs? There's different customs. Do we follow his customs? Do we follow her customs? In general, we follow his customs, the husband's customs. However, we're going to deal with a situation where um, she might have, if she has higher standards, she has higher standards, so then we have to follow her standards, her higher standards. If he has higher standards, so then he has to follow his standard. Excuse me. So let's see. Let's see. What are we talking about inside? Amar Ravuna. Ravuna said, Ravuna 
Ravuna Bar Chanina used to test us by asking us the following questions. She says that she wants to nurse. That she wants to nurse. And, but the husband does not want her to nurse, but rather to give her to a wet nurse. He, he, doesn't, want to, he doesn't want his wife to nurse uh, for whatever reason. Um, some, some explain because uh, it will lose her beauty. Uh, but whatever reason, showman law, we don't listen to him. We listen to her. If she wants to nurse, she's allowed to nurse. Uh, she's allowed to nurse um, because Tzara Didahu, because this is suffering for her. It's suffering for her. Rashi says it's suffering for her because she has to extract the milk. It's suffering for her. The Rambam, Maimonides, says it's suffering for her because she develops this close relationship with her baby when she's nursing. How could we deprive her of that? We wouldn't deprive her of that. So if the husband says that she shouldn't nurse, we don't listen to him. She wants to nurse, she's allowed to nurse. What if it's the opposite case? Who Omer Lahanik, Omer He says that he wants his wife to nurse. She says that she does not want to nurse. Mahu. Uh, so the Gemara says as follows: Kol hecha de lav orcha shomen la. If it's if it's uh, she's not used to this. If her family is not used to this, they're not used, used to nursing their own children, but they give them to wet nurses instead. So then we listen to her. So in our mission, which says that she has an obligation to nurse, that's only in a situation where she's used to it. Her fam- that's her family custom is to nurse. So then she's obligated to nurse. But if it's not her family custom uh, to nurse, but rather they, they, they give the babies off to wet nurses, so then we listen to her. She doesn't have to nurse. What if it's a case, interesting, he orcha vuhu lav orcha imai. So the case here is where she's saying she doesn't want to nurse. The husband is saying that he does want her to nurse. He does want her to nurse. However, what's the case here? Her family does usually nurse. She wants to... She wants to Step away from her own custom. Her own custom within her family is for the for the mothers to nurse, but the custom by her husband is that the wives do not nurse. So she's saying, "I want to follow my husband's customs here. I want to follow the the custom of my husband's family. My husband's family they don't nurse. The mother doesn't nurse." And the husband's saying, "No, I want to follow your customs. I want I want you to nurse." So Maya, what's the ruling here? Basa di dealsino, basa di Do we go based on? Uh, certainly, if her family did not nurse, so then she would be able to make a claim that I follow my customs, I don't have to nurse. But this is a situation where her her husband's family is the one that doesn't nurse. So do we go based on him? Do we go based on the husband's family? Or do we go on? Do we go based on her family? So the Gemara comes up with this uh, explanation. The rule is uh, she goes up with him and she does not go down with him. She raises herself. She has to follow her. She can follow her, her own customs. Um, if it uh, if it's a, an elevated custom, if it's on a on a higher level, but if it's his customs, so then we follow his customs. If it's also if it's on a on a higher level, we discussed this in the past with regards to the type of burial that she should receive, and we say that with regards to the burial, the Gemara had a discussion there. Uh, should we follow her her family's customs or his family's customs? Uh, and there too, we discussed uh, the idea that uh, we should give her the, the higher standard between the two. That she, she raises herself up when she gets married, but she doesn't lower herself. So the Gemara just concludes and says, well, how do we know this? What's the source for such an idea? So, Interesting, this is a verse from the Torah that we had in um, this past week's Parsha. Parsha Zveira. Uh, and it says, by Avimelech, by Avimelech with Sarah, it says, ba'al. Mm-hmm. It says that she is the uh, one who was with her husband. It doesn't call refer to her as married, which the the verse does uh, later on uh, in the in the ver- in the psukim. 
Uh, but it says that she's the one who uh, was with her husband. Literally, it's that she's the one who had sexual relations with her husband. But the language is bu'ulas, ba'aliyaso, by being raised up. When she's married, she's raised up and she's not, we don't provide her with lower standards. She picks between the two, between her husband and her own customs, the higher standard, which uh, the, the husband has to provide for her with the higher standard. That's one source. Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says, no, it's not from that source. It's kihi haisa em kol chai. The context there is with regards to the Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve. And after the, the, the sin of eating from the uh, Eitz Hadas, from the Tree of Knowledge, uh, Chava, she changes her name to Chava, Eve changes her name to Chava, that, because she is the mother of all living. She's the mother of all living, and some of the commentators explain what does that have to do with anything here, that uh, even though she committed the sin, she's not lowered. We don't lower, she's not lower than her husband. Even though she ate from the Eitz Hadas, he also ate from this tree. Um, and that she, she retains her higher standard. That once, as long as she's married, she's l'chaim nitna. She retains her higher standard. She's not, we do not lower her standards. Anyways, we have these two different sources. There is a discussion about uh, practical applications between these different sources. Potentially, potentially the case that we discussed earlier. What happens if we're talking about after death? Maybe... If it's based on the second source, it's while she's alive. She's Im Kol Chai, the mother of all living. Maybe it's only while she's alive that she has to have higher standards, but once it comes to the burial, it's after she passes away. Maybe not. There are other differences as well, potential differences between these two sources. At the end of the day, what comes out of this Gemara is that uh, if there are two customs, one that she follows, one that the, the husband follows, uh, we're not talking about uh, halachic customs, but we're talking about uh, practical uh, different ways of following different uh, things between husband and wife. In this context, it's about nursing. What was the what was the norm when it comes to nursing? So then, when it, again, we're not talking about halachic customs, but norms within the family. So she always has to, the husband has to provide with the higher standard. If she has a higher standard, so then he has to provide for that. If his own family has a higher standard, so then that too, he has to provide for that as well. Okay, we are up to the two dots. About 10 lines down from the top. Um, on Samach Aleph Amun Aleph in 61a, and we'll continue uh, with this uh, with this daf in the next class.